Kimberly C. Paul. As I travel throughout each state, I realize that death is just a moment. It is how we live until that moment that matters. Finding connection with friends, family, and complete strangers. Journey with me. This is the Live Well, Die Well Tour. Now, this is going to be a really fun podcast for me because these individuals are sort of with me as I travel the country and my Live Well, Die Well tour in my RV. I'm sitting right now in Arkansas. Haven, yes, is asleep beside my feet. Hopefully that will continue as we have this amazing conversation about this amazing uh, card game that I am using throughout each state because I think it's freaking amazing. And Lisa and Lori, you guys are co-creators of the death deck. But before we get really into talking about the death deck, let's talk about how each of you became interested in this whole exploring of this death topic. It's not your number one thing that people are really interested in talking about. So Lisa, how did you become interested in this sort of death movement? You know, I've thought about this. Well, thank you for having us, Kimberly, first of all. Oh, you're welcome. I've thought about this uh, quite a bit recently because I I initially was thinking I kind of stumbled upon it, but as I you know, spend a little more time thinking. My father was diagnosed with leukemia when I was 18. And I had just started my first year of college and um, taking some beginning social work classes at the same time as he received his diagnosis. Um, he is currently still doing well and is, um, sorry, dad, I'm going to say your age, but 67. So this has been quite some time. Well, he's sort of, he's young. He's really young. He's so young. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, that kind of planted the seed because I, I saw the um, working within the, the healthcare system at this time when I was becoming to be, beginning to be a social worker. But I ended up in mental health and um, domestic violence and, and that sort of field for about, 10 years before moving over to hospice. So that's my, my short answer. And then as soon as I began working in hospice, I realized that this was not only a great fit with my skills and my personality, but it just also felt like a passion, like something that I really believed was important and that I could impact people in a very meaningful way, even if it was a short intervention. Mm, I love that. And what about you, Lori? Yeah. So, you know, I actually honestly was never interested in becoming part <laughs> of this industry. Well, um, good. That's me too. <laughs> right. And we actually have somewhat similar backgrounds. I worked in film and television for many, many years, um, and I was really on the comedy track. So completely opposite from uh, where I now have ended up. Um, 
had a wonderful experience in the industry. Uh, when I uh, got pregnant and had um, a couple of kids, decided to pull back on working so many hours in the industry, uh, started a company um, writing and working with my uh, late husband. And uh, what happened was, is unfortunately, he um, got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and had a, uh, a year long uh, with that illness and then uh, passed away in 2008. And at that time, you know, being a writer, uh, right at the start of his diagnosis, I just, I began writing sort of for my own sanity and my therapy and just to kind of help me through this um, traumatic experience in my life. And um, I realized that, you know, through writing that and through realizing what, you know, I really didn't know and really felt unprepared and, you know, eventually as we'll get into more as to creating this, this game, because I just feel like I was just taken so by surprise of, of, you know, why, why were we not talking about this? Why didn't we talk about a lot of things and how come that's still going on in society? So that's how I sort of became part of this industry. And now um, I'm just so touched at how it's such a beautiful and compassionate community. And I, on the other side of it, before I got involved in it, because I'm fairly new to it, um, you know, always sort of wondered, even with, you know, talking to Lisa, it's like, how do you people do this? Like, how, how do you go in every day and experience this and be part of this? But now seeing, you know, the gifts that have come out of it, it's just, it's truly a, a beautiful and amazing um, field to, to be honored to be a part of. Yeah. And you know what? I find humor is is the absolute universal language. I mean, I come from a crazy family that uses humor in the most serious of situations. And and f some family members still, their jaw drops and others just like, yeah, that's granny. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's really cool to, to have that background, especially, you know, my experience with, you know, the live television show Saturday Night Live and just being a peon there and, and just the, to walk the halls of some of these brilliant uh, comedians was uh, really affected me and how I implement humor in my life and, and, and in fact every day. But this is the crazy thing. You know, you guys... Uh, you know, listening to you guys and communicating with you guys throughout the, the last few months, it's like y'all sound like sisters. I mean, you really do. So how did how did a you a comedian in the film and television industry meet a social worker that is, you know, tipping her toe in the end of life services and field? How did you guys run across one another? Well, it is the most unlikely and likeliest way that you can imagine. Um, I was the hospice social worker uh, helping Lori and her husband as he was dying. Get out. No way. Yep. Yes. Yes. And y'all became like family. Yes, we did. And just so you know, this isn't a, this isn't a pattern of mine. I don't have other hospice families that I invent <laughs> games with or anything. Um <laughs> Lori, yes, I, Joe was only on service with us for a very short period of time. And Lori, I'm so sorry. It's 12 days, 11 days. Ugh. Two weeks and two days. Oh, gosh. sorry. Um, he was on service with us a short period of time, but I, and Lori will talk more about her story later, but she, she had two small kids. Um, and my heart was just breaking for her and her family. And um, 
but in addition, we just, we really did have a connection and I wanted to continue um, helping her. So I had some flexibility in my role um, at the hospice I was working. And so I did bereavement visits as well as, as working with families as their loved one was dying. So, so I started doing um, visits with Lori in her backyard and we talked and talked and we talked about, you know, topics like, um, you know, we're going to do a scattering of Joe's ashes and the kids want, should they be involved? How do they get involved? What should we do? We have this celebration of life. There were all these conversations we had as well as just kind of getting through the day. And, um, and I may have kind of extended the amount of services that typically <laughs> were provided. Um, but, and, and then eventually after a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. I may have used that a little bit, but I kept calling and she kept coming over. So I was, I was good well, with that's that. Good. Yes. No, it was yeah, incredibly absolutely. helpful. Go on. She didn't kick me out. I mean. No, um, I did not. But then. We, we said, okay, well, let's stay in touch, but we can't really be friends, you know, professionally. I'm not supposed to do that. Um, but maybe maybe in a couple years, wink, wink. And so, Lori, how long was it? A couple, I think about a couple of years later. Yes. Maybe two or three. Yeah. She reached out to me and said, hey, I'm working on a book. So you guys were like working together and then... Wink, wink. But you know, let's let's face it. When you're when you're working with people in the most vulnerable situation uh, that they are facing, um, and and really close friends are sort of turning away because they they can't deal with their own mortality or what to do. I mean, there's really a lot of room for connection. Um, and and that's the thing is there even strangers that I meet in KOAs and you know, campgrounds, there's such connection. And I'm so glad that I am not, you know, barred because of some professional, um, you know, boundary, but they were there for a reason. But we do in this field become connected to the people we serve. And some of the some of the people we do and some of the people we don't. But I'm really, really happy to hear that you guys were like, hey, I like you. Let's be friends. And then and then you guys started being creative together. We did. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm all about therapy <laughs> and uh, I had a team of people <laughs> that I would see and Lisa was one of them. And it just was so great that, you know, she was the one that really helped, um, as she said, with, you know, with the death and the dying and the grieving. And, you know, I had other people helping me with other things, but, you know, there was just, there was just such a deep connection with, with her and with, you know, how much she really, helped me through the 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 darkest mm. hour so i'll thank you again lisa i thank you all the time but <laughs> oh wow just so oh, incredible that's really cool so um yeah and now i've forgotten what you asked <laughs> no so that's okay because you know so what when did you guys start plotting about this whole death deck yeah so it was again a couple of years after we had um not been in contact i was writing a memoir uh lisa was so kind to read it and help um you know give me some feedback and some notes on it um but within the context of that you know this idea came out that came from many of our conversations um and i think out of you know frustration on my part with you know feeling like 
you know, Joe and I were, were prepared, you know, when we first got married, we, you know, we put together wills and a trust and we had our advanced directives, but there were so many things in the details that we, that we never talked about. And so when I got completely sideswiped by like, well, wait, I have all these documents, but you know, there were so many things that we didn't talk about. So, you know, there was a frustration, there was an anger and, you know, Lisa and I would have these conversations and, you know, I, I was not alone. I mean, there were the people that she dealt with every day, you know, these families that, you know, didn't know the slightest thing about, you know, what anyone wanted. So there was just, there was this passion and this fire of like, why are people not talking about it? And if they talk about it, how come someone like me didn't know all of the things that I should have known? Until Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, the paperwork and the conversations, but you don't know what you don't know until you're in the situation or it's too late. And you're like, I should have asked that. What was this music he liked and wanted to be played? And that's what I love about uh, this deck is it really does challenge some very humorous things, but so also some very serious things. And let's just put it out there. Advanced care planning is nothing without the conversation. And, and what I love about this whole death deck, it begins these detail-oriented uh, qu- questions with answers that let the individual explore their like, hey, I we didn't think of this. What about this? And it begins that conversation. But what's intriguing, and I've gotten some feedback, like the name though, the death deck, people would say. And I was like, yeah, isn't it crazy that we're talking about the death deck? And in P- I said, this, I think we've got to name it and claim it. This is going to help you plan for end of life. And once I saw, you know, we, we did this recently at a conference. We, we got, uh, the professor had a deck and he was like the death deck and everybody was like, Ooh, and then they got to play it. And then they were like, all you heard was laughing and snickering and deep conversation. Um, you know, the four people that I was with in this team, I knew intimate details about how one's person's mother faced her own end of life. I mean, so there was really some really good connection tools. But what in the world? How did you come up with the death deck? Plus, your logo is adorable. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, we we started with a number of different names for the deck itself. Um and we did, you know, we got some feedback when we, when we, you know, had the death, the death deck as one of the options and people who haven't used that word or aren't in the industry, you know, gave us a little pushback of like, oh, but, you know, any other name that we came up with was, you know, that very generic sort of lightly dancing around the issue, you know, the, the peaceful departures or graceful exits or anything like that, that, you know, for us became, you know, something that people would, would easily forget. And let's face it, I mean, you know, it's death by design. It's it's that's the word we want people to be using. That's the word we want people to, you know, get over that initial sort of ooh, that's, you know, I don't I don't want to talk about that. So, you know, we decided, right. you know what? People will remember this. This is what we're talking about and this is, you know, that's it's at the core of what we want. We want people to be talking about death and be comfortable saying and seeing the word. Yeah, absolutely. And the crazy thing is, you know, one person was like the death deck and they had this look on their face and I said, is that how you feel about your own death? Like that little grimace. And she goes, 
Yep. And I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> but I mean, it really is. It does push the limits. And it is such a catchy name. And I, I, I'm a person that, you know, I'm going to tell you exactly where I'm coming from. And I, if some of my language um, is bothersome, I hope in the end, um, you will be like, man, I'm so glad that language was used. And I'm very human about it. But we are talking about end of life. We are talking about death. And, and this deck of cards will help you uncover some of the things that you should know, but you don't know until it's too late. Correct. Correct. You know, right. So let me go ahead. The death deck um, is available on all social media or it was until we took it because, you know, uh, nobody's talking about death. So there were, that option was available on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, the death deck. So um, we felt like, we wanted people to really be able to, uh, as you said, know what they were getting as well. Like we're not a touchy feely game and we're not, and we're going to use humor and we're going to use our cute little skull, but it is a skull. We are talking about death. So, uh, but you know, you have to say it is a cute little <laughs> skull. I mean, it's, it's, it's adorable. He's adorable. Um, and know, the box is would... white and there's color. So, you know, it's not, I want it as a tattoo. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love it. I think it's, I think it's really a, an appealing way to, um, to add, because the little skull, it looks like it's sort of like humorous in a way. And uh, I love it. But this is the thing, you know, what kind of conversations were you guys having that this evolved from? It's like, uh, let's do a card game. Um, let's make it funny. I mean, where did this idea come from? And, you know, there are other card games out there, but I haven't found them such, they, they don't ask really humorous questions. And I love how your deck is sort of like divided. Here's some humor and play, and here's some very serious things. Let's shuffle this and then play. Um, but where did this whole idea come from? Yeah, well, I think we designed the game that I wish I had played. Like this spoke to me. Like it, when we started thinking about, you know, how do we encourage people to have these conversations? Because when we researched, we looked at a number of different um, card games, or they actually were more card tools, which we consider ourselves part of both. But, um, you know, it, they were great, wonderful, deep questions, but most, of, well, actually all of them were open-ended questions. So we felt like, those are great, but it, it ends up sometimes pe putting people on the spot. Like you have to come up with this, this answer to this question. And so the way we design the game is, yes, we do have some of those to put you on the hot seat. And while a lot of them are humorous, um, some of them, you know, go right to the point of, you know, what, what, what does death mean to you? Uh, but the bulk of the cards are actually multiple choice. And we felt like by doing that, we were able to, A, create a game that you could play. Um, and be, be able to not only ask the questions of yourself, but ask the questions of a partner or a significant other, a parent, a spouse. So it became, you know, a, a, a way to, you know, not have to think about this deep question, but be able to just start to think about and align yourself with, you know, the A, B, or C answer. So if you really didn't have ever, never thought about it, then now you, you kind of have a choice to, uh, to, to put, put yourself next to you. Like, okay, I hadn't really thought about that, but that, that kind of seems like something I'd 
be more inclined to do or not do. So it allows people to just sort of just start to think about it. Well, how, how have you guys got, I mean, what's the feedback out there? Because all I see is people really catching on to this whole death deck. Um, and, and really surprisingly, um, because, but how do, what are the feedback that you're getting as you use this in your own community? But even on a national basis, are you, are you guys seeing people purchase these? Cause it's, it's really everywhere, um, especially on your website, but Amazon too. Um, but what is the feedback that you're getting? It's been really positive and we have been excited, ecstatic. Um, the, we've actually. Are we are we on six out of seven continents now, Lorraine? Is that our, our Antarctica is the holdout? We've got I know Antarctica <laughs> organically. Uh, are you listening? Right. <laughs> um, All right, Antarctica. Yes, and and you know what? One of my um, the thing that was most important to me was creating a game that could be used in in a wide range of settings. So. When I take this game like to a bar, that sort of setting, or a brewery, and just start playing with people, or bring it to a, a social setting with friends, I I admit I sometimes stack the deck and put kind of the the easier questions that kind of talk about ghosts and people's you know feelings about if they live in a house if um, that was murdered, yeah, I was murdered that in, you know, just to kind of what was that i remember that question that we played at the university recently like would you if you knew someone was murdered in the house would you buy it and i was like uh hell no absolutely not <laughs> and then some people were like well, well where were know, they honest- murdered i'm like who cares <laughs> i don't care <laughs> i have asked that question at um you know a local place that i go to and it i mean that one question turned into about 45 minutes of, of that, thing, that conversation, which of course then kind of led into the ghosts and spirits and all these topics. But, um, but I also want to be able to use the deck in, um, you know, working with palliative care um, physicians, working in university settings, helping death and dying students learn to talk about um, these topics, as well as every single person in the world's living room. So I wanted you know, Lori's, um, I think, drive was creating what she wished she had as a tool with Joe. And mine was looking at the workspace that I have and seeing how many people come into the ER or hospice with never have had these conversations. And how do I get the family members to have more confidence that they know what their loved one wants when their loved one can't talk anymore. So Yeah, that's so important. Yes. And you know, Kimberly, you brought up earlier about the conversations and um and how the advanced directive is not as helpful without conversations. And that's what I see over and over again, because sometimes family members have not even seen this advanced directive that the patient filled out with their physician um, suggestion and, and they don't know what it means. Um, And, but when people have had a conversation and especially if they've laughed and bonded and joined, like 
you remember those. You you remember it, and it helps guide you, and and then you know what your loved one wants. So. And, you know, I have to admit, you know, of course, I'm big in design. I love how things look. Uh, It's a big appeal for me because I'm such a visual person. But I mean, how did y'all even go about the design package of the cards, which I have to say, as a creative person, I was very, very impressed. Very impressed. Did you guys hire some graphic artist or I mean, how did that happen? Thank you. Yes, we we did. We had a vision of what we wanted. We wanted to, uh, like you said, that skull is, it's a skull, but it's cute. You know, it's something that is, it's appealing. Um, So we, you know, we did bring on a, a wonderful designer who worked with us and we finally got it to where, you know, we, we felt like we, we were in love with it and uh, wanted to keep it, you know, very light. So the, the cards are mostly white. The box is white. It, we didn't want it to have that heavy, dark, black, morbid feeling. And dark Vader. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm, I'm big on color pop. So we have, you know, a couple of colors in there. We have a third color that we're saving for, you know, hopefully our next add-on or, you know, new deck that will be the companion deck. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, having that designer was great. And he really, you know, got our vision and we are so happy with the Oh, uh, yeah. I'll... We'll have to exchange some names because I'm always looking for people who can interpret what comes out of my mouth into like an artful form. (laughs) And it's sometimes very difficult. But I have to say he did an excellent job um, with the whole packaging of it. So let me ask you this. Where, what do you hope for this? I mean, you have the deck out there. It's becoming, you know, more popular as I go state from state because I'm hearing people talk about the death deck and, oh, I, yeah, I know about the death, death deck. Um, but what are your hopes? I mean, it sounds like you might have a death deck too, maybe. Maybe. we've been talking about it and i think what we would like to do um is have something that can be sort of the game in the moment like the game right now is designed for people to play before someone is in hospice before someone has given been given a terminal illness we really want this game to be positioned as you know right there on the target shelf with the other card games that you would play uh, you know for game night and so that's you know that's our goal that's what we're working on we want to bring it to you know a much wider audience we have a lot of wonderful support and feedback from the community but we would love to sort of extend that so that the 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 other deck would would probably tone down the humor a little bit so that if you are in the moment and someone needs to have that conversation uh it might be a little more practical but in and of itself we feel like you know it it's able to reach you know, maybe those families, maybe not the person who is in hospice, but maybe the, the families to talk about. Um, and Lisa, any thoughts on that? Well, um, I mean, really, Kimberly, we're, we're, we're off to change the world as you are, right? <laughs> so we're, this of course, yeah. 
I mean, you've got to start somewhere and you, first of all, you got to believe that you can. And, and that's, that's my whole philosophy. I guess that is sort of an Yay! optimistic <laughs> point of view. But I've yeah. got one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was quick. Um, you know, there is a little bit of movement in the, you know, in the United States and, and in pockets of the world right now where we are starting to talk a little more openly about death and more conventions and um, death doulas and um, death cafes and all of these experiences. And so we are doing community um, involvement and partnering with authors and, you know, all kind of promoting each other's work to help um, change the conversation around death or death. <laughs> around death and to get people talking. <laughs> I understood and, what you meant. <laughs> um, so yeah, and we, I mean, we have also a grief um, deck that we are tossing around to try to decide. Oh, nice. So, um, but there will be humor in anything we do because you know, in both of our opinions, as you said as well, Kimberly. Um, humor is what makes life keep going. And even in the darkest moment, even with my hospice patients, I mean, it sometimes surprises people how often there's laughter in even the dark, dark moments. Absolutely. I mean, my grandmother was funny all her life. And we, you know, I, I think some family members were shocked that she was still funny at death. Um, but honey, she would, she would set you straight and, and I, I loved it. I mean, it, because it was so, such a, she never thought she was funny, but she would come out with these one liners and one sentences and, and I'm just like, we're, oh my God, we're in the middle of this, you know, acute setting and you're, you're telling the doctor that your bra is too tight. That's why you passed out. Come on. You know, it's like, how, how do you, how do you find humor? Um, and you, and just kind of love that and embrace it. So let me ask you this. How do people get this death deck? They yeah. can. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Lori, I wasn't trying to overstep you. Um, we are available on Amazon as well as on our um, website, thedeathdeck.com. Now, let me ask you this because, you know, I'm on, I have a website with my book on and, and Amazon too. Do you guys make more money when they, people purchase it through your website? Yes. Yes. So people purchase the death deck do the to the to the uh, through the website. But if you're in a foreign country and it's easier to do Amazon, do it. But I I, I deal with people like this all the time, and and people you, people don't get into doing things like this to make money, um, because it costs a lot to produce this death deck, just like a book. Um, but we're doing it to help people not get stuck. Um, in the ways that we've probably have seen people get stuck and, and Lori, the way you were stuck. So if you can order it through the website um, to gift these uh, to cover some of ex expenses, but also know it's available on Amazon anywhere else. Not right now. I mean, eventually we would like to uh, branch out into, you know, the wholesale market. We've actually had a couple of people approach us. We're not quite ready yet, but we're getting there to where it could be featured in Good. some stores and whatnot. And we are trying to figure out that international portion of it because we do find a lot of people very open to the game and purchasing the game in um, Europe, Australia, and Canada. Those seem to be the hot spots for this. So, 
Well, I love it. So, and of course, your website is uh, thedeathdeck.com, correct? Yes. And and you're, you guys are all over social media. So is it best to just send people to your website? Do you have your links on social media uh, through your website that they can just click? Definitely. Yeah. And again, what Lisa was saying, you know, we, we own the death deck. So in Instagram, the death deck, Facebook, oh, so it's like Twitter, very simple. you know, whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Made very simple and easy to remember. So Lisa, one question for you. How does your hospice organization feel about this little uh, surprised side little gig of yours? Um, my, that, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they actually have so much to keep track of with the patients that I think it goes in and out of of their minds, to tell you the yeah. truth. Um, my The physician that I work with is incredibly supportive and has bought decks for lots of people. Um, oh, good. And my manager has um, also talked to lots of people about about the game and that sort of thing, and I've had support from other nurses. And But, you know, even in hospice, some of them aren't, um, they, they may, even working in hospice, you may not have the same propensity for these conversations that you might think. Um, and so some people it just, it's, it's just not something that they want, um, want to play. Um, but, but it has been a supportive environment. Um, I, good. I think we're still kind of working out, to tell you the truth, a little bit. Working out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, you know, and I find this is, of course, if I was a CEO or an executive director, um, I would be like, oh my god, I would love you. I'd be like, all right, everyone, we're buying a deck for everyone to use it in their car um, because this is extraordinary. Um, and I, and I do, I do see, you know, even with my hospice that I used to work for was 17 years when I was said, Hey, my book's coming out, I'll give it to you guys. And they're like, well, let's just see, you know, it's like, you know, why, are, why are you hesitant to embrace, you know, people doing these extraordinary things outside of this kind of corporate thing. So we have to change that with some, some organizations, because I think it's brilliant. We cannot box people in of their creativity. And I think your your death deck um, and together the collaboration between a patient and family that you were actively serving and now have a really beautiful family relationship with, um, things happened. And and I, I am a huge supporter of the death deck and I, I will do anything. You know, I'm coming to Los Angeles, ladies. So we've got to, oh, yeah, we, ready. yeah, we've got to figure out. And I also know, um, you know, another sponsor, the elephant in the room movie. We, we got to maybe get everybody on a, a conference call because I would love to take LA, um, who I'm so much in love with, uh, the, the city and the people and the creativity there. Um, so definitely we'll be in touch, but one more time, visit the death deck.com purchase the death deck how much is it it's is it $25 still yep $25 uh-huh. and i'm telling you you will not be disappointed um i support this uh organization because it comes from sheer passion and seeing gaps in the system and then all we're trying to do is fill those gaps so that you will not be faced with the same things or deal with the same things that we found ourselves in um and now we we are on that other side of grief and we, we know what we didn't know. We want you not to be in that position. And so this is a simple, humorous way 
to really engage. And I say even professionals. I think every oncologist office in the United States should have this deck and ask a few questions around the table when they have uh, team building or meetings because we forget, especially those of us in hospice and palliative care, we forget that we should do our own advanced care planning. Sometimes we for- we do a lot of preaching but not a lot of doing. Um, and so I really think this is a, a creative uh, tool to use, whether it's your professional um, or in the business or in healthcare in general, or just a family trying to navigate this prior to a healthcare crisis. Ladies, I'm so grateful that you're part of my tour. I tell you, I, I just can't wait to see you guys and hug you guys and, and you know, have a glass of wine with you. Um, I think what you're doing is extraordinary. And I hope that uh, if there's anything that I can do to forward and push this uh, death deck to um, higher levels, you just let me know. Um, you know, I have a couple of speaking engagements coming up and I would love to to see if, you know, you, you guys are able to make an appearance wherever I'm at. You're, you know, you're welcome. Well, thank uh, you so much. We're so honored, Kimberly, because we just we're, we we love what you're doing as well. So thank you. No, we're you know this this is what it is. You know, I believe the more people who get into this field, um, the more voices we're going to have. And if we have more voices speaking slightly different or humorous or serious, maybe we can meet everyone where they're at. And so I applaud you guys for taking the risk and the financial risk, because the, I know this was not free for you guys. I mean, and just like me, it, it, people don't know how much um, personally we sacrifice to to make something like this happen. So um, I just I applaud you. And you, you're two of my my heroes. Um, and I'm so glad that uh, we're a part of of changing how America is talking and possibly will experience end of life of their own. Um, so thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you. That just touched my heart. Thank you. Uh, oh, you're welcome. And so people buy this death deck, um, tell them that I'm sending you to them. Um, because, you know, one of the things that I do for my sponsors on this tour is I really am a partner with them. Um, if I didn't use the product, I wouldn't promote it. This has, I've seen a complete room of 200 people at Evansville, the, the uh, Southern Illinois or Indiana Southern University, using this tool from CEOs of, of a hospital to hospice workers to a community member. And it is a tool for connection. And that to me is worth uh, buying a deck for you and your family and, and professional coworkers as well. Great Christmas gift too. Great Christmas gift. So um, please check them out www.thedeathdeck.com Ladies, have a great day and and we'll see you in Los Angeles. Wonderful. Can't wait. Thanks for joining us today. And remember, you're the designer.